0: And we are live. What's up everyone, Welcome back to another edition of Respect the Craft. This is episode number 43. And again I promoted it as a reunion of sorts because I'm joined by one of my good brothers here, Pete Rosado. How's it going, brother? It's been a minute. Oh, man. It has
1: been and you look great, man. I, I, hey. I saw you recently. I saw you recently at the last project code name show. You look great. Uh, it's great to see you out and about and doing things and, and and once again. I know listen, we me and you have we we spent a lot of nights and days talking wrestling. Um and, and both of us trying to find like our place in this business. Um, and it's it, it's great to see, you know, that you have never given up. I know you had, you know, dreams and aspirations, and then, you know, you were like, you know what, I can do so much more. Um, and and that's what I love, man. I love you know seeing people that are are good people um, in this business. Uh, I'm getting old, you're getting younger, it looks like you know. Uh, you know, I don't see a shade of white in there, I've got a couple in here.
0: This is why I dye the hair because again, wrestling (laughs) has aged me. Even those years when we're doing again those meetings and all that, those grays were coming in, man. Which, again, even even before we get through this, I also again, just because again, it's a reunion. Also, we have to give the rest in peace to, uh, to another one of our fallen brothers, Georgie. Well, again, he was also part of those long nights a lot of the times when we we're going through, again, just going through so many memories of all that. About, uh,
1: hey, let me tell you, they come for the titties, baby. The titties <laughs> are money, baby. The titties are money. I will never forget that. And he was <laughs> like, the titties were money. Uh, uh, you know, it, I was so happy when I heard that George uh, had turned his life around um, and I cleaned himself up. Um, you know, And there was one thing I told someone recently was a sober Georgie coming back to wrestling would have been dangerous because Georgie being completely focused on wrestling with nothing else to hold him back. Um, with his love and his passion for this business, um, he would have been unstoppable, um, regardless of what anybody would have thought about him. Um, you know, it's so sad to see uh, a life get cut short. Um, and and death has been around me a lot recently. Um, you know, as anybody knows who's at my first show, uh, my mom passed right before uh, my first show, nine days before my debut show. Um, and you know, just as well as anybody from our late night meetings and everything, my mom was one of my biggest fans and biggest supporters. Um, and so, she, you know, Treasure the time we have with people. Um, you never know when's going to be the, the last day. Like, that's, that's the big thing. Um, you never know what it's going to be. And so, you know, treasure every day you have. Treasure, treasure every moment you have with somebody. Um, and just, you know, live life with love. I was so so happy, actually, this past weekend, I was able to squash a six-year heat with somebody. Um, and it's just like, so, oh, oh, wait, lift it off my chest. Um, you know, grateful for that. And, you know, just it's, we don't got time for the BS you know, and we've seen a lot of BS in this business, um, unnecessary BS, um, you know, just, just love and appreciate everybody that you have a chance to cross paths with and, and understand that, you know, you got to live this life with, with love and admiration because you don't know what day is going to be the last one.
0: No, definitely. And definitely. And again, I, I give you my condolences again for your mom. And I can, again, I can, I can vouch for that. Definitely. A lot of our meetings, it would be those checking of our phones. Like, oh, is it your mom hitting you up? Or is it my mom? (laughs) Like, it's that, it's that big, but it was always, uh, she definitely was in your corner. She was always supporting. And um, again, I can only imagine that's giving you that fire to keep this going now, to keep that image shown. And again, to push, to keep, keep going with We Are Wrestling and again, do we it in her image as well. But before we keep on going here, yeah. we do have some... <laughs> we got some people here in the chat. You have a dog
1: and... in the background. Yo,
0: Wes! Hey. Wes, we yo,
1: Wes is... You know, it's great. You know, see, Wes and Kyle, like, yeah. you know... And, and you and I came up with him, uh, with Mittens and, and Mikey. You know, uh, Mikey McNicholas, you know seeing them at every show, that love and that appreciation that they show for indie wrestling. And, and, and Wes and Kyle remind me of those days when it was me, you, Pete Corvus, um, Tommy Salami, you know, uh, Mike Mikey Mittens. We were out there at every show trying to find our way in this business piece by piece. You know, obviously Tommy, Pete became wrestlers, you know, um, I found my way into doing commentary and now promoting Mittens found his way to being a sensation in this business. Um, the fact that you know, Mittens is found... more
0: over than all of us is, is insane. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yo, da- <laughs> who would have thought that, right? Like, you know, back in the old days, like Mittens more over than us. What? But you know, the kid deserves it, man. Like, I, I, Hey, so that's why I, I always,
0: I give a shout out to Mittens. I give a shout out. to again, to Wes and Kyle. Cause you know what it is? It's still that true, genuine love for wrestling. Like again, I always say, everyone wants to be able to enjoy this, appreciate it. With us, like you said, we were looking into that way of like we love this business, but we still want to find our way in. And we all yeah. did. Again, now, like 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 you said, you saw me the other day. I was making my transition again because now I'm doing commentary, a position right. I got to see you take my to job, little- brother. Hey, you're, you're the booker <laughs> man now. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, everyone transitions, so. True, but again, I definitely I love seeing Wes and Kyle, and they're they definite love for the business, and we need fans like that, man. We still need people that truly enjoy and love this business, and it's not just the the smarks, you know. Like yeah, we, we want to see that. that people, love.
1: Yo, go to all the shows, man. Listen, as long as you can afford it and you can be there, um, go everywhere because there's so much great wrestling out there. No. Um, and that's something that I notice is so different with like other territories. Like when I travel, nah, Dez, you the man, we going to talk about you in a minute. Dez Definitely. Cole is that man. Uh, and I have a great story about Desmond Cole that I'll tell you a little bit later. Um, but you know, when I go to other territories, like I've spent a lot of time down South, you know, my dad lives out in North Carolina. I spent a lot of time in that Southern territory. Um, and you can see that a lot in the way that I produce, wrestling uh and the way that yes, I, I view re- and the way that I view wrestling um but when you go down there man and you go to these other these other territories people just love wrestling like there doesn't need to be a big name on the show there doesn't need to be an x tv star on the show um you know they just go see really good wrestling and be entertained and they they let you know if it was good or if it was not uh, but they just love going to the shows and doing that. And and Wes and Kyle remind me so much of that. Uh, and I do wish we had more fans like that. We do have a good fan base in the Northeast. Don't get me wrong. The New York, New Jersey area, uh, especially in the Northeast area, when you start going more northeast, that Rhode Island, Maine, Connecticut, all yeah. those areas in the Northeast as well. Um, you have great fan bases, but it's it's very different from those fan bases you've seen on the territory. It's just like, I I'm at six, seven, eight different shows in a month, you know, supporting everybody. Uh, following my favorite wrestlers around two different companies, wherever they're working. Um, And it's really great. And I felt like, I feel like there were a lot more New York, New Jersey, tri-state fans that really opened themselves up to a lot more promotions. They would experience so much great wrestling. Um, And and a lot of these people that they're going to end up seeing on the GCWs, the AEWs, the NXTs, the MLWs, the ring of honors. When ring of honor comes back, a lot of those names that you're going to see, we say this all the time like a broken record, but it's really true. Those people that you see then and you love then, you have a chance to love on the indie scene. You just mm-hmm. got to know where to look and know where to find them.
0: No, definitely. And that's, that was something I, I can always remember from our conversations. We always kept our eyes on, again, everything. That A lot of these names, when it's like, oh, I remember seeing them here, and now it's like they're, they're blowing up. And again, yeah, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, I mean, where was this guy? It's like, oh, we were watching. You just weren't.
1: Like, yeah. You know, you look you look at the guys like um, – like you look at Suge, like people who know him as Pineapple Pete uh, from AEW, right? Yeah. I was looking at Suge on, you know, running down – up and down the south. Yeah. And I remember bringing Suge up north uh, to work a program – work a program – a short program with Darius Carter. Um, yeah. You know, I remember the first time – and you were there the first time I booked the Ugly Ducklings. Yep. Uh, big shout out to Rob Killjoy, Lance Lude, uh, and Coach Mikey. Um, first time we booked them, I remember telling the promoter that I was working for, and you were there, I said, they're, you're not going to know, you're not going to understand how good they are based on the reaction they get coming out that curtain, but the reaction they're going to get going back. Through that curtain is going to be the true key. And when they came out that night in that in that first match that we brought them up to the Northeast, a lot there were some people, a couple of people here and there that knew who they were, but a lot of people who didn't. But when they finished that match and they walked back through that curtain, everybody was at the Ugly Ducklings merch table. Everybody wanted their autograph. Everybody wanted them back, and they became a staple to start coming up into the Northeast. And I, I've I've stood by them. And Rob, as you as you know now, working singles as Lance is recovering, um, and, and God speak to Lance. I really hope he does is able to come back to pro wrestling. Um, that's the thing, right? You know, and I tell people all the time in in our territory, leave. Not that we don't want you Definitely. here, man, <laughs> or you know, guys or girls. It's not that we don't want you here, but leave. Go out. Break into those other territories even if it costs you a little bit out of pocket early, get in a car with somebody, go to shows, go to other territories, ask for those opportunities, whether it's a pre-show, whether it's a dark match, whether it's a, hey, I'm going to work in an eight-man scramble, four-on-four, whatever. Whether it's, hey, we we got an opportunity for you. I was just watching, I know I'm late on it. I was just watching the um, Broken Skull Sessions with Bubba. Oh, yeah. And Bubba talks about how he made his ECW debut, yep. you know, driving to that ECW arena, and Tommy's, like, introducing him to Paul. And Paul's like, you know what, kid, we got something for you. And, 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 and Bubba's looking on, like, who am I working? Who am I working? You'll find out when we got to let you know. You'll find out when you know. We'll find out when you know. Um, and it wasn't until that main event that went out They said, hey, you're going to be Bill Alfonso's bodyguard. Go out there. You're going to take this choke slam from 911, and this is what's going to happen. That was all it was. You didn't he didn't know if he was coming back. After that he talked about he didn't know if it was a rib, if everything if they were just testing him. But from that from that one opportunity and how much he made of that opportunity, he became a staple in ECW and built a 20 plus year career and there's a lot of people that got to do that, you know, get out of your territory, go places, go to other territories, go help set up rings, go help put out chairs, There are a number of people who I have booked on promotions that I've worked for that the first time they came up, there was no guarantee of anything. Um, And one of those guys, most, most definitely uh, Billy Brash. Billy Brash came up with the Ugly Ducklings after the Ducklings had been with us for a little while. Billy Brash came up, helped set up chairs, helped set up the ring, Help do everything. Say said, whatever you need me to do, I'm there to do. And he said, hey, are there any spots? And I said, you know, we don't have any tonight, but hey, I'm very big on my booking philosophy. It's got to make sense. You've heard me say that a lot of times. I don't like booking people just to book people. And I've got a lot of people that I respect and love in this business um, who it's hard to not book them because I'm like, I love you. I want you on everything I do, but I'm very big on the, it's got to make sense. It's got to fit. Um, and it took six months before I was able to find a spot for Billy. And when I did, he came up and he killed it. And he was with us for another year and a half until the pandemic hit. Um, no. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, so get out of your territory, go to other places, Go to other companies, send a shit ton of emails to everybody, messages, everything. Send them out there. Send new stuff. Just be everywhere because that's how you're going to work different people. You're going to work different crowds. You're going to understand different reactions, different deliveries. Listen, wrestling up here, much different from wrestling down south, much different from wrestling in Texas, much different from wrestling in the Midwest. Everything's going to be different. All those crowds are looking for something different. And the only way you're gonna vary yourself is by learning all those
0: things. And that's the best thing too, because I was gonna say that's the best way to definitely help your craft and learn that craft even better. Because again, you're getting something different every time. Because again, everyone yeah. tries to work that similar style because especially if you're in the tri-state, you know what pops the New York craft. You know what's gonna pop the yep. New Jersey craft. But it's like, once you step out of that, and again, you learn the different styles and you hear the reactions. Like you said, when you brought in ducklings, at first, I had seen a little bit of their work because I always like to research before we're bringing people in, but seeing how the crowd reacted afterward. The first time seeing the Launchpad McQuack live, I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna be good. And like yeah. seeing them now, I've gotten one, to work pop, with, with yeah. Ducklings so many times now, always getting to work with Rob now. Man, the reaction they get when that music hits, it's just, it's awesome. You know what's
1: so, funny? I think I told you this story. One of the first times I was, and I've been down south for years. My dad's lived in North Carolina for 20 years. No. Um, you know, Gamble, love this guy, and uh, yo uh, Savage came up in here earlier. I love. We're gonna talk about a couple of these guys in a little bit, but no, definitely. we um, got a lot to
0: talk about. But definitely keep, keep going with the story, yeah. brother.
1: Went down south. I've been down south for many many years. Did not know where to find wrestling down there. Right, um, stupidly could have just looked on the internet. Um, but it it always seemed that when I did go down there, either a show, had just happened or a show was going to happen after I left. So always was weird timing. And I finally go to a show out there and I was like, wow, this is super different. Um, first show I went out there was, um, CWF mid Atlantic. Okay. Um, it was a show headlined by Andrew Everett and Brad attitude. That was the main event. Um, I went first time. Like, I knew Andrew from Impact. I knew, um, sorry, Andrew Everett wasn't the main event. It was, um, Cameron Grimes okay. uh, was the main event. Sorry. It was Grimes versus the now Cameron Grimes versus, uh, Brad Attitude. Andrew Everett was on the show against, I believe it was Eric Royal, um, okay. on the, at that time. But, so I knew Everett. I knew, I knew, um, I knew Cameron. Uh, Didn't really know anybody else on the card, but I went to go see what I was looking at. Yeah, I popped for a heel because for some odd reason, they had Schlack and Dan O'Hare, a.k.a. Storm of Entrails, down there for a tag match, and I'm the only idiot in the crowd popping for Storm of Entrails because I'm like, I know those guys. (laughs) Yes, right? But fast forward a couple of years, um, I've made friends with a couple of the Southern talent. I go to, I get invited to a PWX Fest joint show. okay, In Charlotte, North Carolina, at Hebron Hall, the former home effects of, of, of PWX Wrestling. No. And JD Drake, now of ADW, AEW, pulls me aside right before a match is supposed to go on. And he says, yo, man, I want you to watch this match. This guy, one of the best kept secrets in the South. I'm expecting somebody I don't know. Slim J comes out. Oh god. And I'm just like, I know this dude. Yeah. Like, how is he the best kept secret in the South? Why isn't he everywhere? And they're like, yeah, he just he runs the gauntlet out here. Like he doesn't seem to get booked outside of the South. But he's like one of the biggest names out here. Just kills it everywhere he goes, and I'm like, he's a Ring of Honor original. How do people I was gonna not say like, it is?
0: like the fact that, and I remember that because I think we spoke about that, and that kind of it's it happened like a little bit after that that he started getting some tri-state bookings because of the Special K reunion that was happening. Yeah, which is still it was sad to hear. Like again, everyone knows Special K. Everyone knows that history. Like. And the stuff he can do, that's insane to hear that. Yeah, like, and it was just
1: like, the, the, you mean to tell me it's the best kept secret in the South? Like, how, and it, it's just that insulation of, of, of places, you know? But no. once you start getting out there and see, listen, I'm gonna tell anybody, if you're a wrestling fan and you travel for vacations, you travel just to travel, you go into different states, Yo, look up, look up what companies run out there. If you have a chance to catch a show, go catch a show. Go catch a company you've never heard of, right? Mm-hmm. Just go watch them, because I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to find some talent that you're just going to fall in absolute love with. Um, and that's happened to me with so many talent that you see me now mm-hmm. working with on a very regular basis.
0: Same. I did that. I, I actually did that once. I remember uh, before getting really into it, I was in Maine for some reason. And I ended up going to a show because I saw JT posted about it. And again, when you do that and you you find yourself, it's again, it's stepping out of the comfort zone, but you find such amazing talent, and you get to see such yeah. different experiences that again, it, it opens your 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 eyes for a bit. But again, it really it, does. it reflects. It reflects also when we get into the card, it's going to reflect your eyes have seen a lot. That's like this is why we are wrestling is the way it is. So yeah, that's definitely going to be great. But here we go. Let me, before we get into that, there's always the one question I start out with everyone. So I got to yeah. ask you brother, when you hear that term, the craft, what does that mean to you?
1: So I've heard, I've heard you ask this question that every because I, I watch all your stuff, right? Um, you know, it's weird for me because that, that has so many different connotations. Um, so many people, you know, many people may not know, you know, uh, I'm part of a fraternity where the craft mean something very specific, right? Respecting the craft. Um, You know, that means something very important. But I take that same idea um, into professional wrestling. Respecting the craft, to me, is in 2015, I think, 2014, me walking into the last PWS, then PWS, now WrestlePro, the last open house that they did at PWS walking into that building and seeing guys that I I knew and I had made friendships with hot dog, the heavenly bodies, you know, Sean Donovan, um, LSG, a whole bunch of people and saying, Hey, like I, I was actually wanting to originally wanting to train to be a wrestler and realizing very early on, I don't have the requisite amount of time to put into this, that this, deserves that is needed. And I respect this business too much to be just someone who dips their toe in and thinks they're good to go. Cause we've seen so many people in this business that are half trained, the drizzling, you know, what's, and they're out there getting bookings, working shows, you know, when other people are busting their behinds to try and get bookings and can't. And I never wanted to be that person. When I hear respect the craft, I'm thinking about everything that comes into this business, paying your dues, understanding the little things. I went to, I'm very good friends with um, Tracy Myers and Brian Hawks, who run AML and WrestleCade down in North Carolina. I went to a show out there and you know, whenever I'm visiting a show, I like to come dressed. So I'm visiting this show down in North Carolina. I have a whole suit on. Okay. Come dressed. I'm representing another company. I'm showing that respect. They're introducing me around talent. Oh, he's a booker up in New York. He works for a company up in New York. He helps book up there. When the end of the show happens, I take my suit jacket off and I'm helping take down the ring. And I get told by some of the veteran talent down there, hey, brother, you don't need to do that. And I said, no, no, it's fine. They were looking at me as if I was weird because here's this guy who they're looking at as a booker up north, a guy who helps run a company up north, and he's helping take down the ring. He's helping carry the boards to the truck. He's helping do the, the heavy lifting and I'm just like those things never stop right to this day I have no issue helping put up a ring pull down a ring do all those other things even at my show thankfully you know those things are done before I get there but even if at my show if I had to get into that building and put the ring together at the at the, at the beginning of the show I would do that help take the ring down at the end of the show I would do that um, if I go to another company hey do you need help do you need anything? Um, respecting the craft to me is being of service to this business. You know, um, how can I serve everywhere I go, and how do I show respect to everything, everything that this business entails? Whether it's a wrestler, whether it's a commentator, a ring announcer, a video production person, everything. Right, respecting all the way down the line because. You never know who someone is or is going to be, right? Um, and at the end of the day, the biggest lesson I've ever learned, and people have heard it in wrestling, the people you step on on the way up or the people you shit on on the way up or the people who you need to help you on the way down, right? Um, and I never want to be that person. And listen, I've made, I've made my share of mistakes uh, learning in this business and growing in this business. But whenever somebody like, man, you had on your show just yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. My time goes weird in my head. But when a guy like Homicide is on a show, when a guy like Monster Mac is on a show. My first show, I went to Titan to go promote for my first show. And I remember giving a flyer to Monster Mac. And I said, hey, brother, if you can make this show, if you can come, please let me know. I would love any feedback. I gave a fly to Danny DeMonto and I said, if you can come to my show, I'd appreciate any feedback you can give me. Because I I don't know what I don't know. And I'm not going to get better unless I learn from those who know. And that to me is really respecting this craft, respecting those who came before you, respecting what you can give to this business, and always realizing that you need to be of service every single time to this business. And no one is bigger than this business.
0: No, definitely. And that was, again, one of the main reasons I started this podcast was trying to put that emphasis there, put that emphasis. Again, having that conversation yesterday with Homicide and with Mac and Louie and hearing their stories about it, getting into it, and getting what they did to be able to get to where they are today. And again, like you said, when we talk about those guys now, those are the pillars when we talk about independence. And again, they were doing the same things that we, again, stress on now. Paying those dues, showing the the right way, and making sure we're actually helping the business become better, and not trying yeah. to to do the backwards. Because I feel like that's a lot. The thing a lot of people do is they feel like, oh, this is just what's owed to me, and then they forget like it isn't owed to anyone. There's a lot of things <sighs> you gotta, again, work on for this business. Because again, it can drop you like that.
1: I've been in this business. And to say that, I don't even like saying it like that. Like, you know, like I've been a part of this business for, uh, I think this is going to be my 10th year. Um, Because I think the first thing I ever did in wrestling was like late 2012. Um, When I was trying to get into the business, when I was trying to figure out my way in the business, like I knew there were wrestling schools. Um, But once I realized that, and and for those of you who don't know, I've been in a ring, I've trained, I've bumped around, I've rolled around, I've run the ropes. I've, no, I'm not going to sit here and say I can have a match with somebody because I'm. If you put me in a match, I'm probably drizzling shits. But I can do the basics. I've gotten in there and shown that respect. I've wiped my feet on that apron, um, and I would always do that. Um, and it's always surprising when people see me get in a ring. Sometimes they're like, "Wait, you've been in a ring before? Like you you not a bump? Like yeah, like I can I, I can do this, but." I knew that wasn't for me. That side of the business was not for me. Um, What was very heartbreaking in the beginning was there weren't many places outside of, at the time, the only place that I knew of that did it was Chikara at the time. Um, And I had no way to really get to Philadelphia every single, like three nights a week. Um, But there were really no schools that offered training in being a commentator. How to be, you know, uh, to be a ring announcer. Uh, learning the backstage stuff. Learning how to produce. Learning how to agent. Learning how to book. Learning the psychology of all of that without having been in the ring. Because at the time, all the almost all of the uh, bookers that we'd known, all of the promoters that we knew, all of the agents and producers were either current or former workers, and. You know what? 99.9% of the time, and I will say it's that much of a percentage, that's exactly what you need because they understand the psychology of this business better than anyone else because they were in that ring. There's that 0.1%. And I think I'm approaching that. I'm not in that 0.1% yet, but I think I'm slowly making my way to one day approaching that, one, that 0.1% of people who didn't, Run the road, who didn't get in the ring and, and and work like that? That kind of, for some miracle, have an understanding of this business uh, and and the background of it.
0: You know, I, I'm I'm going to cut you off, and again, not not as a disrespect, but right. Th- like listen to what you were saying earlier, though, and the roads you've traveled to me, and again, this is coming from my opinion. It equals out, and also who you've gone under to listen to and take their knowledge cuz i feel like that's the biggest thing cuz again i've also said it on here i've trained i still hope to one day get back in but if that's not my place in the business hey i did my time in the ring but being able to understand psychology and learn all this from those that have been the greats in this business you start to learn it in a different angle that you're like you know what i can make my way now cuz i understand somewhat yeah and that's that's a lot Listen. of things a lot of us try to do is learn again from these guys like i said learning from homicide early on from the days when we used to work together at BCW. One of the yeah. first guys that taught me how to tell a story was a homicide. And that's how I learned how to do now. I'm promoting shows all around and I learned how to do it properly from learning homicide's way of like, no, this is how you tell your story. Now go.
1: Right. Right. And then you, you add, you add your flavor to it. You take a little bit from everybody and you, you see what works for you and you, but you, the fundamentals are the fundamentals right it, it, it is what it is there's a reason why everything starts with a 101 on one class because the fundamentals are that important um how you grow from 101 it, that defines your style um you know and I've been blessed and lucky enough to listen to and learn from people and I'm still learning and still listening to this day listen I don't know what I don't know that's one of my biggest lessons that I, I tell people in life you don't know what you don't know and I'm not the only person behind We Are Wrestling, right? There are other people, uh, my agents, you know, my backstage people who I go to and I'm like, all right, here are my ideas. Here's what I like. Here's what I want to do. I also understand that there are things I may not see. I also understand that there are things that I might want to do that maybe I don't have the pieces in the right place. I have all the pieces, but I don't have them in the right position and they are there to help me put those pieces in the right position and give me the perspectives that I don't have and that only they have. And it is a learning experience to still be in that room and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's the end goal that we would like to accomplish. Okay. Well, Pete, like this, like this, like this. Don't know if we need that. Don't know if that should be there. What do you think of this? Right? And all of those things come together to make the sauce that is we are wrestling. Um, because I'm not stubborn enough to sit there and say, I know it all. And I know what to do. And I know no. what's going to work. I don't. And, and and that's that's the experience that you're going to get from other people. And, you know, there's there were no schools. Like I was saying, there were no schools for commentary or producing or agency and and there are very few even now that still teach that I was going to say I feel that like I opened
0: it. Yeah, I feel like sadly even now you still don't have necessarily that being something that's focused on. Cuz again yeah. a lot of people want that. They want the no, I want to be a wrestler. Now luckily there's more schools that teach how to be a referee as well. Yeah. But the factor of actually getting to learn how to do commentary, getting to learn how to produce, how to be an agent, you kind of sadly a lot of times have to learn it in the field. Or being given yeah. that conversation. Cause that's how it was with me. And I asked guys like you, guys like AJ, guys like Matt Ryan. I was asking, especially when doing commentary, I'm like, so what was your what what would you do? And that yeah. was a conversation because again, no one taught it sadly. There's people that can give you those tips. And even to now, to days like now, when I hear people wanting to get in, I'm like, ask around and talk to the right people. Cause that's yeah. they'll point you in the right direction. And again, Give you those tips because that's what you need is that conversation to be able to start understanding a little more. Because sadly again, yeah, schools I, are great, but not everyone is going to teach you what it is you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, at the time, I think Chikara was the only place that no. kind of had classes for non-wrestlers, like non-wrestling personnel. Um, other places had referee classes, don't get me wrong, like NYWC, uh, House of Glory, um, The Ludus, you know, shout out to the old school, right? Yep. The Ludists, You know, they, they did have things for, like, referees and, like, managers. And then Pro did the same thing early on. Create a Pro when they started in Long Island. All these places I like had, everybody does referees, managers, worker. Yeah. Right? And, and the same thing for seminars. You can find a bunch of seminars for wrestlers, referees, and managers. Right? You don't find a lot for commentary. Ring announcing, uh, backstage agenting, you know, how to produce a match, how to storyboard a match, um, you know, things like that. Those things are very few and far between and you kind of got to learn on the job, you got to learn by watching other people, you got to learn by doing, you got to learn by failing, Um, you know, and I think there'd be a lot of great interest if there were wrestling schools that did say, you know what, we're looking at taking people who are interested in the backstage part of the business. Because I think there are a lot of people that have a passion for this business and have great minds for this business that don't know a way to get in to this business because they don't see a doorway for what they wanna do. I'm trained as a commentator. When I went to college, my career field was broadcasting. That's what I did. I did sports radio. That is what I wanted my career to be. I wanted to work for ESPN. I wanted to do sports talk radio. I wanted to do uh, sports announcing. So that was what my background is. For lack of a better term, classically trained in broadcasting. Um, Didn't get my degree in broadcasting. Got my degree in psychology and education, but wanted to go into the broadcasting field. And so for me, transitioning from wanted to be a wrestler, figured out that's not for me. I can, I can make a living behind a mic. I know what I can do. I can talk. I've always been able to talk. Um, and I know how to do the sports-based presentation. And I've always loved, like when people have asked me, who brought you into wrestling? Yeah. I love the characters. I love Hogan, the warrior and the bushwhackers and all that. But I was huge on gorilla and Bobby and Gordon Soly and Lord, Lord, uh, Lord, Alfred Hayes and Rob, and, and Ventura and Vince, right? Shivani, Tanay, like those broadcast boots is what really gave me everything. And so looking at them, modeling their style, adding it into the sports-based presentation that I did, I was like, I can be a commentator. And trust me, being a commentator in independent wrestling is not the easiest job in the world because it's not like being a wrestler where everybody's got openings for a wrestler. Not everybody's booking a commentator and not everybody wants to pay a commentator to drive the same way they pay a worker. Right. So in 10 years in this business, yeah. Like have I done as much commentary as I've wanted to do? No, but I'm proud of the commentary that I've done. And to be very honest, I tell people all the time. Yeah. I I promote, we are wrestling. Yeah. I book, we are wrestling, but if a commentary booking came my way, I'll, I'll run and do commentary so fast. Like that's my passion. That is where my heart is. I love booking and promoting and, pre- and presenting and producing professional wrestling, but I love calling professional wrestling more than I even love producing professional wrestling.
0: Gotcha. No, and definitely that—that's something that again I'll say uh, from my first time getting into commentary and the more opportunities that have been opening up, getting to tell that story and be able to be behind that mic—it's a whole nother just feeling. And again, because that's yeah. what I love about wrestling. Wrestling to me was always that storytelling, and the thing we do behind the mic is definitely helping transition that for people. Help getting that like, hey, this is what they're doing in there, but now let me fill in the blanks and get mm-hmm. you fully invested in there. But now that you mentioned that, and again, like you said, you were you love the commentary aspect, but you are again. I, I even that's how I introduced you, the boss man, now of We Are Wrestling. How did that happen for you? How did the idea for We Are Wrestling begin? And how do we get to now, again, you being a, a company man? You're, you have your own company <laughs> man. So.
1: You were there. You were there, man. It, uh, actually, the, the first test run of We Are Wrestling happened in your apartment. Um, I remember showing you a piece of paper. And I had this idea for a show. I had this idea for a card um, and I said, man, this should be freaking fantastic. Like this match and that match and this match. Here's what I would call the show. Here's this, here's that. Um, actually the original first name that I had ever come up with for my first ever show was gonna be, Feels Like the First Time.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and and I'm dating myself by, by that music reference,
0: but- um, Hey, people would've popped. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs>
1: But you were there, it was on a, a on a loose leaf sheet of paper and it was there and I had it full. And I still have it somewhere in my house, that first yeah. ever card. I had matches like, I had MJF on that card. I had Joe Gacy on that card. I had um, uh, Mercedes Martinez on that card, Chris Statlander on that card, Bear Country on that card. Like a lot of these people that were on the indie scene back at that time. Um, at the time I was working, well, both of us were, Working at, at BCW at the time, I was still just a member of the commentary team and a part of the booking committee. It was a pretty it was me, you, uh, me, you, a uh, Georgie, Anthony Cole, and AJ Pan, the five of us that were kind of there. Um, and eventually, that that booking committee kind of got smaller and smaller. Um, you know, there were seeds kind of planted. You know, you kind of saw some of the ideas and some of the thoughts that I had in terms of booking with the opportunities that I got at BCW, Um, you know, and I started to kind of lay some groundwork. Like, hey, I like this idea. Hey, let's do this. Hey, can we do that? Hey, um, you know, how does this work? Um, Then Queen of the North 2 was January of 2020. Um, And that was right before the major part of the pandemic hit. Um, pandemic hit like March of 2020. That's when everything started to really shut down. Um, And so that was the last show that I worked for and called for BCW um, and the last show that I helped book for BCW. Um, And always proud of the work that I did there, proud of the opportunities that Anthony Cole gave me at that place for me to go from being a commentator there to being a member of the booking committee to being one of the main people booking that show for a while, and very proud of the of what we were able to produce there—bangers like LuFisto versus Kimberly, Darius Carter versus Austin Theory, Darius Carter versus Mercedes Martinez, um, Azriel versus Richard Holiday. Like there were, and then and, and the list goes on and on. But so many great things that we were able to produce there um, that kind of sprung out of this crazy thought process that I have, um, and. Pandemic hit. ECW was going to run another show. Originally their anniversary show was scheduled for March. That got postponed because of the pandemic. Uh, When they decided to run their next show, I was very leery still about the pandemic and a lot of things that were going on. And that was the show they did in Atlantic City. And and that was a really good show uh, for them with JTG and Darius Carter and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I was just, I wasn't really feeling, um, doing things. Um, so commentary was out of it for me. I was like, I can't go down there. I'm not going to go down there and put myself at risk. Um, my mom as well. My mom was an asthmatic. Um, and, I, and I really didn't want to put her at risk either. Um, but also at that time, you know, me and Anthony Cole had had some conversations about me kind of taking some time away from the backstage because I love Anthony Cole. I love and respect that man. He's a great businessman and everything. But him and I had two competing visions. And that happened that happens sometimes. And unfortunately I can be a bit of a hard head. I do admit that. I can be a very stubborn individual when I believe in something. And when I have an idea that I'm just like, I, I believe in this. Um, and and you know, you know firsthand, I am the person that'll say, if I don't like something, I don't like it. I'm gonna tell you I don't like it all the way through. It could end up being a successful idea, but I just didn't like it. It's not my cup of tea. Um, and so I was like, you know, well, okay. I'll, I'll step away from that. Cool. I won't do the backstage work anymore. You know, come back and do commentary maybe once the pandemic is you know gone on. Um, and I rem- it, it actually it actually hurt a little bit because I was like to step away from something that I considered kind of be to be kind of be my baby, right? Um, something that I'd help do. Um, I remember sitting down with my mom and we were having dinner, and I said, you know, damn, I'm really gonna miss you know putting stuff together and and doing stuff at BCW because I really liked what we were doing there. And my mom was the one who said, well, why don't you do one of on your own? Why don't you do a show of your own? And I was just like, I don't know financially. I just don't know if I can, if I can do it, you know, it, you know, and I had so many doubts. And so my mom said, you're never going to believe you can do it unless you do it. Right. Might as well try it, see if it works. If it doesn't work, Whatever, if it works, hey, that's great. And that's where it kind of came out of. And, um, you know, it started building from there. I remember taking that first card. At that point, 90% of the people I had on that first card were signed. Um, So I had to, like, really come up with some new ideas and, like, all right, what are we going to do? And We Are Wrestling literally want to be starting something was – It was a labor of I remember sending emails, reaching out to wrestlers in March of 2021 for a show that wasn't gonna happen until August. Like that's how far in advance I was like, can I secure this person? Can I secure that person? Can I get this? Can I make this match happen? Can I make this idea happen? Um, and the pieces started to come together and it just it kind of took on a life of its own. Um and when my mom passed, I almost just dropped everything. I was just like, you know what? Um, I'll pay everybody and um I'll just cancel the show. I can't. Um and I'll and I'll always give him a lot of credit for this. Uh A. G. Anthony Green hit me up and he was just like, you know, if you cancel this show, no one's gonna blame you. But don't cancel. Trust me. She would want you to do this show. She it'll it'll be it'll be good for you. Um, and if you want to walk away after, walk away after. And I had openly told people, openly told people, even before what happened with my mom, I openly told people we are wrestling might just be a one off. It might just be a one off, and I think that's why I stacked that show the way that I did because I was like, this could very well be a one off. It's going to be one hell of a one-off. Um, and that night, obviously, you know, gotten that ring in the beginning of the show, dedicated the show to her The company. The company is dedicated to the memory of my mom, you know, this company. I continue to push this, if not so much because I love it, but because I'm, I don't want something that she believed in to just die. It's going to keep pushing in her memory, um, And literally, I remember coming home after that first show and the next week I sat there and I was just like, I don't want to do this again. Um, And uh, it just went from there and we got it was all a dream in December. Um, And then I needed to kind of take some time off to uh, just collect myself the holidays and you know, things like that. Just, you know, whenever you have somebody that close to you pass it's very, very emotional, very heavy. Um, and I originally wanted to, I thought about coming back in March and that didn't uh, end up happening. And I was like, all right, May, it's going to be it. And, And you know, they say, I'm not a real, I'm a faithful person, not a religious person. Um, so I'm not too big on the whole mysterious ways thing, but the original plan was March got pushed back to May. Original plan was for a Friday, got pushed to a Sunday. The original plan was to do early in the month. It ended up end of the month, May twenty Sunday, May 22nd. That day is exactly seven days before it would have been my mom's birthday. Sunday, May 29th. And I'm just like, you know what? This is fate working in its own way. Um, And the show's named after her favorite Linkin Park song, One Step Closer. Honestly, it's because I couldn't find a Madonna song that worked. My mother's favorite artist was Madonna. I could not find a Madonna song that worked for what I wanted the show to present. And so I was like, all right, Metallica or Linkin Park. Those were her two favorite bands outside of Madonna. I was raised on Metallica, man. That's my favorite band of all time. Um, can't wait, nobody said. Um, and it literally came down to Ride the Lightning or One Step Closer. And One Step Closer just, it fit.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. That's, I'm listening to it. and I'm trying to process all that. And I can only imagine just, again, this is your, this is your life for, for that whole time period there. And I remember after that first show, I messaged you the next day and I just told you how proud I was to see what you did. Cause again, like I said, we went from those meetings to just regular conversations to seeing it happen. And knowing what had happened with your mom, I was like, this is what she would have wanted. She would have wanted you to continue it. And seeing the pe- the reaction the crowd was giving you and seeing the reaction to the matches, I was like, I, I'm hoping this would continue. And I was glad when I saw you announce show two, and now seeing the next show, I'm like, it truly is amazing to see again how those conversations turned into reality. And seeing what you're doing. I can truly say it's awesome to see this and truly shows that growth of, hey, this is what she wanted you to do. And you were able to continue that and show, hey, again, what could have just been the one-off is now being something that has the success of the people close to you are watching it. The fans are buying into it and loving the product. So, hey, I know, again, you not the religious, the faithful person that you are, but hey, she's watching. And no, she's definitely proud of it.
1: This is a real community effort. Like I'm I'm pulling back the curtain here 100%, right? I I don't have investors. I don't have somebody pumping money into we are wrestling. This literally comes out of my own pockets, my everyday paycheck. I put a little aside every month, every paycheck. And it's kind of why I run every three, four months because I put away some money. But truly and truly, I couldn't do this without the sponsors. I couldn't do this without people like the Jabba Tears podcast, without the Your Sports Show, without Henny Wrestling, g Up Gentlemen, the Dirty Heels podcast, Pretty Heels, Heel Pops and Chair Shots, the Cut Pro Wrestling podcast, Mesa Media. Um, I'm trying to think of some. Off the Top Rope podcasts who helped promote the first show. Like uh, – Joe Kim at Battle Club Pro, like everything that he's helped me with. Um, Everybody that helps. um, Talk of champions, uh, true hardcore wrestling fans. I don't want to miss anybody. I don't want to leave anybody out. But this would not be possible. 100%. Without the support and the love that they give to me and the support that they give to this company to run every single show when they're like, yo, Pete, how can we help? What can we do? What do you need? And whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars or somebody sponsors one of our tier three sponsorships, which is uh, a $250 sponsorship where you get your sponsorship name on a whole match and you sponsor two talents. Like whether it's a dollar, somebody saying, yo, here you go for the show, whether it's somebody who buys a ticket or whether it's one of our sponsors that comes through, whether they come through on tier one or tier three, does not matter. Without them, this does not happen. I'm going to be 100% honest, and I'm so grateful and thankful to them. And I'm so grateful and thankful to every single talent, whether it be a wrestler, production, commentary, uh, video everyone who has helped make this show possible and shows out and shows up um, because those, that's what makes this possible. Um, There's nothing more meaningful to me than when I contact the talent who's been on my show and I say, Hey, would you like to come back? And they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Right. There is nothing more meaningful to me than when somebody hits me up of their own volition, like, yo, when's the next one? When are we coming back? When can we do this again? Um, When fans tell me that was freaking awesome. You know, those are the things that make my heart so full. The support that I've gotten from every single one of our sponsors, whether it was financially or just physical support, means the freaking world to me. The support that I get from people like you, uh, people like the Dirty Heels podcast and all the podcasts of the Rob Williams of the world, who put me on their podcast, allow me to promote my shows, to all the promoters of other companies who let me in their doors to drop off flyers. Whether I gotta pay for a ticket, and you know I've done this in front of you. I have gone to a show and pulled money out of my pocket, willing to pay for a ticket, just so I can drop off flyers and promote. Because I'm gonna support. What's the best way to support another company is put money in, in in their pockets, right? Um and it's a huge thank you to all those promoters. Um, whether it's Pro Wrestling Magic, whether it's um, Invictus Pro Wrestling, whether it's been Titan, uh, the one time I went to Titan, whether it's been ETU, um, even even this past weekend at ISPW, at the, show, the incredible show they did after 80s Wrestling Con, Tommy Fierro and, and his team. Like, for allowing me to come into your building and put down flyers for my show, like, the fact that you're allowing me to get my brand and put my flyers in one hand of one fan who may show up to my show. I am eternally grateful, eternally grateful to each and every one of them. Because again, without each and every one of them in their own ways, we are wrestling does not, does not happen.
0: And I'll, I'll give it that, that that is the best thing about the community in wrestling. Cause it has its bad times. It has its, but seeing how how much of that community is willing to help everyone out is always the best thing. And again, like I said, the, la- the the last time we got to see each other thanks uh recently again was seeing you at Project. Seeing you again yeah. doing that. Put
1: out the flyers. And TJ opening, at- TJ opening those doors for me. Like this, this is a man who's only on the second show of his own company. No. Right? Project is only on their second show and for him to say, "Brother, come in, hand out flyers." for him to grab me in the hallway and I'm not going to you know speak on the advice he gave me but to give me advice in the hallway and say hey brother here's some ideas to how to grow here's some ideas on how hey maybe you want to promote over here maybe you want to do this maybe you want to do that like he, he doesn't have to do that you know but he did he didn't have to open his doors to me VXS same thing you know one of the biggest things that happened on my first show Isaac and Alex, Alex of Invictus Wrestling and and Isaac of VXS, both showed up to my first show, bought a ticket and both of them grabbed me as I was running around doing stuff, gave me a big hug, congratulations. Whatever you need, we hear from you. Isaac was willing to help, Alex was willing to help. These are people who A, run their own companies, B, bought a ticket to my show when easily could have probably hit me up and said, hey brother, can I come? And I probably be like, yeah, right? But we're willing to put money into that till because that's the best way to support. And then we're offering to help. Like, yo, do you need help putting out chairs? Do you need help doing this? Do you need help running something? Like there is nothing like that. And, and that's, what, that's what the community is about. And when you find that community, it's great. And it's, it's, it's hard sometimes finding that community. Because you got to get past that mindset of a lot of people. Like, we're not competing against each other. I'm not here to take your fans. It's like I said at the beginning of this show, I want the fans to see everything. So I don't want to take your fans. I want to borrow them to show them some great wrestling on my show. And then I want them to go back to your show and watch some more great wrestling at your
0: company. Yeah. and You know what it is? And this is how I look at it especially. And again, that's also coming from respecting the craft of it all. But my thing is, I always look at it, especially it's showing wrestling in a different vision. No one's putting out the same show, unless they're yeah. blatantly, blatantly copying show, which we've seen that as well, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> Hey, it, it's happened. But yes. um, it, it's, it's more of, again, showing what your vision of it is. It's, again, it's different flavors of ice cream. Again, a lot of times it has those same players but it's showing a different light and putting it out there so fans have a different experience. So again, you go into those shows and hey, a lot of the fans gonna be like, oh yeah, I just saw this guy here or I'm seeing this guy or that light and that's what they want to see because they're like, oh, okay, I never thought about that pairing. And that's what you want. You want to show pairings that are different than just, again, the other company. And again, it's not the the competition That Yes, for some people, hey, again, there's only a certain amount of Saturdays. So we've seen that also. That's like every, every other weekend, it's like, well, there's three shows over here, but it's also that feeling of, Hey, we're trying to all give the fans something to want to come back and want them to enjoy wrestling and prove why independent wrestling is thriving.
1: That's right. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing, you know, like there's, you know, there's so much out there and it's, it's, everything is great in its own way. Um, and, and you know, there, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like going to all these different shows and, and seeing all these different things and just taking it. The same way we will go to a Ring of Honor show and then a WWE show and then an AEW show and all these things when the big companies come to town, you know, and we, we, we some, you know, most of us don't show any like bias. We'll just go to the big shows because, hey, they're in town and we're going to have a good time. Same thing could be said for indie wrestling, man. Like, they, they, you know, it'd be great, you know, when you've seen the same fans at different shows. Like, oh, man, this is great. Like, you know, I knew I'd done something right when Mittens came to my show. Like,
0: when Mittens came to
1: my show, I was like, I know I'm doing something right.
0: No, and again, it, it's creating that. And again, it's those bonds, it's that community and seeing that fans are interested in what you're putting out. But let let's get into that now because we've had our conversation. We're an hour in, and we've yet to talk about the show. That's a week away. So let's get into that. Let's get into the the meat and potatoes here, and let's start talking about. One I've been step promoting closer. the show
1: the whole the whole the whole uh, the whole episode. I've been promoting the show.
0: Hey, he is on the show. He's also he's hosting that great seminar you guys are putting together. Which Woo! when you told me about this, because again. Before I'll break that fourth wall a little bit, I was previewed to this before all of you guys were. I got to see and hear this a few days earlier. And when I saw this, I was like, "That's it! It's 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 a game changer right there!" Like that—that was a great thing right there. And again, seeing that, hopefully for any talent that are watching this, definitely take advantage of this. A man that has still got a few spots open.
1: Still a couple of limited spots open. We've had some good feedback. Uh, a number of people have reached out and signed up. We do have, I I believe, I would say probably like three to five spots left. Um, so you know, listen, it's 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 not every day you get this kind of seminar. Um, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but damn, is it affordable? Like you know, forty bucks to learn from one of the absolute best in the business. Um, you know, this is a man who plied his craft in this same area. A Jersey All-Pro legend, right? This man made his bones in New York and New Jersey, okay? And then went to Ring of Honor, went to Impact, now in AEW, went back to Ring of Honor. Like, this man has been a star everywhere. Yep. You know, it's it's one of the best things you could take advantage of.
0: No, definitely. And again, one of those seminars just like that, Think about it. If you know the history, especially with JAP, it was something like this where Jay got his start. It was something like this. It helped his craft. And now, again, to me, he's still one of the greatest Ring of Honor television champions of all time. So, and again, his, 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 his record shows that with every company he's been in, AEW currently, again, how would you not want to learn under that? So definitely, yeah, if yeah. you're if you're able to, definitely make it. Go reserve one of those sprouts right now, especially if they're that limited you're gonna wanna learn under this guy. And again, also be there because you wanna show face, especially when the, when the boss man himself is gonna be watching because that's one of the best ways to be involved in a show like this. Yeah, and the good thing is there will be two
1: people selected from the seminar. So two people who participate in the seminar will be selected and they will, they will participate in the pre-show. Ooh, okay. For One Step Closer, later that afternoon. So two people will be selected. Uh, we haven't decided whether there's going to be two singles matches because uh, we do have a couple of veteran talent that's coming out, uh, talent that's been around um, around the scene. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be maybe two singles matches that we do with two people from the seminar or if there's just going to be one singles match with the two seminar uh, chosen people. But there will be two people who will be chosen that night to open the show as the official pre-show for One Step closer.
0: Hey, there you go. Even more of a reason, because, again, you're showing face, you're showing, and could possibly be showed out that night. But, again, let's get into it. Let's start talking now about the official card here for One Step Closer and get a little bit of the mindset going into these matchups here. So, first off, let's start with this, a guy that I know is going to have a busy weekend because he's getting ready for one night only. He's getting ready for STP. We got Jay Bougie going at it with currently an independent standout right now, Anthony Gamble, coming out of the Fallout Shelter with Battle Club. He's been making his waves. This is a matchup I'm looking forward to because this is – it's surely showing who's making the bigger waves right now.
1: Yeah, and um, it's a busy weekend for TakeOver and Jay Bougie, as you said. Friday night, May 20th, in Ridgefield Park. Invictus presents TakeOver versus – Uh, takeover versus STP. And I will be there as well as the official general manager for one night only, as well as doing some guest commentary spots with my friends, Rob Williams and Alphonse Stevens. So it's going to be real fun. It's going to be a real great night. But again, he's got Ron Hunt on Friday. He's got Anthony Gamble on Sunday and Gamble. Listen, this is a man who was on our first show in the pre-show in a four-way to open the pre- to open, Want to Be Starting Something, uh, mm-hmm. made it on to the second show into our scramble match. And that's where this all kind of started. Because Bougie and Gamble had some back and forth during that scramble match, and it was all a dream. And Gamble kind of came to me and he said, listen, I want to shut his mouth. I want him one-on-one. Let me get him one-on-one. And when I spoke to Bougie, Bougie was like, all right, listen, he want the takeover? He going to get the takeover. So we booked it, it's Bougie and Gamble, but we all know Bougie don't go nowhere by himself. Okay, so it's going to be very interesting to see how this happens. But like you said, Anthony Gamble, big, big shout out to the Fallout Shelter. This man, a captain at the Fallout Shelter, um, you know, and has really taken his career to another level. These are two young guys who are going to be breakout stars in this business. I'm guaranteeing you that right now. If you don't know who Anthony Gamble or Jay Bougie are, you're going to know about them after this weekend. I guarantee you that.
0: No, definitely. I can't wait for that matchup. Again, it's going to be shown who's making those bigger waves. And again, you talk about the takeover, they might they might put their noses in, but I can also imagine as a captain, Anthony Gamble's not going to run in alone this Saturday, this Sunday at Ridgefield Park. So. Who knows who he might bring from the Fallout shelter? But let's keep it going here because this is a matchup just announced, I believe, this week as well. The promos were coming out and it was finally made official for this tag team matchup here. As you got <laughs> oh, this, I, I'm calling it a match, but this is a tag team fight because you got no pun intended, fight or die. Chris Barton and Dominic De Niro, as Barton and Yaya have had their, their thing going. Now they're bringing in each a a brother in arms here. How did how did this come about? Again, we know the feud between Barton and Yaya. They've had their thing. They started out from show one. Barton wanted Yaya in that ring, and now we're getting into this tag fight here. I'm not even calling a match, yeah, because it's gonna be a fight. How how do we get into this?
1: It most definitely is. Um, so, it, like you said, this goes back to want to be starting something. Uh, There was a triple threat match scheduled, Yaya, Yo-Ya, and Steve Pena. Um, And Chris Barton wanted to get on the show. Him and Yaya had had some words back and forth already, and and Chris Barton wanted to get on the show. He said, hey, make it a four-way. Let me get in, let me get in. And listen, I've known Barton for a long time. I've known Barton since before he started training to become a professional wrestler. I consider Barton a, a true friend. And even him, I said, brother, I don't got any spots. It's all booked up. And uh, I don't recommend that anybody does business like this. But Barton took business into his own hands, And he showed up, bought a ticket for wannabe starting something, and attacked Yaya after he was successful in that triple threat match. And Yaya made it very clear to me. He said, you want me to come back? I'll do anything for you. But unless I get a match against him that's it uh and i couldn't say no to that you know as a man he deserved that you got attacked from behind you deserved that match as a man um and we had that match at the last show it was all a dream yeah, and chris barton uh you know some people say that were brass knucks used some people say they weren't i don't know i've looked at a couple of different camera angles it's very inconclusive whether there were or there weren't all we know is that Dominic De Niro got involved. Chris Barton got the victory and Yaya wasn't very happy with it. Um, and so it's like, you know what? Let's just get everybody in the ring. And Barton said, Yaya can get anybody he wanted. And uh, Yaya definitely found somebody very, very scary in in Rayhan, the man formerly known as Montana Black. Um, but this one's going to be a knockout drag out. In the words of good old JR, this one's going to be a slob of knock.
0: It really is. I don't know if Richfield Park can handle it. That's going to be a – Listen, Richfield Park Park handled
1: Dan Moff and O'Shea Edwards. If they can handle that, they can handle this.
0: This is true. Uh, I was going to bring that up later because, yeah, that match, I'm still (laughs) – But we'll we'll get into this next one because from a fight, we're going to now get into a little bit almost of some fight or flight style here as it's going to be Gabe Sky, Desmond Cole, Savi El-Sabah, and Alec Price. This matchup right here, just, again, shout out to Desmond Cole, who was in the chat earlier. He's been making his waves, especially since returning from injury. He's been killing it as of late. I just got to see him last weekend defending his New York State championship at VPW. The guy is on another level right now. He's been killing it. So I alluded
1: to this earlier, right? Yeah. Um, During the pandemic, um, there was a small little underground promotion that had started up called Ambition. Um, And it was kind of like underground pure rules kind of matchups, empty arena kind of stuff. And I was asked to come in and uh, call commentary and also to help agent some of the matches. Um, And that's where I first met Desmond Cole. Um, And sat in, kind of sat in with him while he was, you know, kind of like went over his match and everything. And it was at that moment that I was like, this kid's this kid's got something. This kid's special. Um, and then he went down with injury. And then when we were putting together this show, I was like, man, I want we had a crazy four way on the last show. Casey Navarro, Smiley, Rob Killjoy, Brother Greatness. Um, and I was just like, I wanna top that. I, I wanna go I wanna get I wanna go bigger. Um, and I was like, I got to have Des Cole in that matchup. Uh, I've known Gabe Sky for a long time. Saive has been one of my guys for a long time. And Alec Price, I don't know how you could have this match and not add Alec Price to this matchup. Alec Price is the Price City OG. He is a – this is honestly, as I put in the promotional material, four of the fastest rising stars in this business. Each one of these men have main event caliber talent, and they're going to blow the roof off the place in this four-way.
0: No, they definitely are. I can't wait to see it again. All four of them have been making their way when you see Gabriel Sky killing it and wrestling open. He's been making his way. Uh, Remarkable champion right now. Promotion yep. motion just starting up. He won their inaugural uh, tournament to crown the remarkable champion. Like you said, Alec Price, the prize city OG. He's been making his tear all around his scene now coming more to the tri-state area. been killing it. Saive. seeing what this matchup is gonna be is just gonna it's gonna tear the roof off the place. Like I can three to see current
1: champions, one former champion. Saive a former fest wrestling champion. Nope. Gabe Sky, a current remarkable champion. Uh, Desmond, the current New York champion over at VPW, and Alec Price, the Limitless champion, as well as other championships as well. This is an incredible matchup. Like, I'm going to be at a loss for words calling the
0: match. (laughs) That's going to be great. Fans are definitely in for a shoot with that one, but let's keep it going as I love this next matchup because it's a true generation battle here. Because again, I know you, you definitely have to bring an OG into the mix. And we have none other than the good guy, quote-unquote, Azrael going head-to-head with Vinny Pacifico. I This matchup is great here. I love this because seeing Az getting in, getting in there with Vinny and seeing Vinny's growth. Because again, we got to see Vinny from his young age, especially when, when we're in BCW, seeing that evolution now. Yeah. And he's truly... Again, pun intended, controlled his narrative, if you will. And now this is a matchup here. It's definitely a big test for Vinny to see. Can he hang with there with a guy like Azriel. Again, Ring of Honor history. Another member of that famous Special K. Uh, how did this matchup come together for you?
1: I think a lot of people sleep on As. They really do. Um, As is freaking incredible. Uh, let's just put that straight out there. Um You know, Vinny, I've wanted to figure out a way to bring Vinny in for a while um, since the first show. Um, uh, Vinny's been a great friend of We Are Wrestling and a great friend of mine as well. Um, And trying to figure out a way to bring him in was kind of tough. And I started to realize that he was getting all these banger matches, right? He was getting these matches to get some really big names. Um, And actually, the week after this show, he'll be facing Rocky Romero at Pro Wrestling Magic. And I was just like, I want to do the same thing, but in a different way. In my book, Asriel a big name. In my book, Asriel is a measuring stick. Asriel is a true OG. And this is a guy who does not get the credit he deserves, does not get the number of bookings he deserves to be getting, does not, is not featured the way he should be featured. Okay, And I said, you know what, Vinny, you want to really test yourself? Yeah, you can go out there and test yourself up against the names that everybody knows. But can you test yourself against a true OG who people keep sleeping on but who has been in the ring with some of the best? When we talk about the man who will be in the main event at this show, Jay Lethal, we talk about the wars that Azriel and Jay Lethal had at JAP. Azriel, the only four-time JAP light heavyweight champion, right? This is a man that when you look at his resume, you wonder, why has Asriel not been signed to a contract for a major company? Why is Asriel not on somebody's TV? Why is he not a champion at multiple companies? And why is Asriel not all around the country every weekend like we see a lot of wrestlers? That's a good question for me. And and, and Vinny Pacifico is getting that, right? Vinny Pacifico has been getting those big time bookings. And so it's time for him to step up against a true legend of this area because it's easy to go out and step up against the name. But step up against the name that built their name in your own backyard and knows everything about everything that, you know, listen, Az is going to kick the shit out of, out of Vinny Pacifico. If Vinny Pacifico wins this match, it says a lot about where Vinny Pacifico's star is headed because Azrio gives no quarter. And is gonna make you work for a victory if you're gonna get a victory.
0: No, he definitely is. And again, he's gonna that's gonna be a workhorse match right there. Because Azriel definitely, he's gonna kick his ass, but he's also he's gonna lucha the hell out of Vinny. Because yeah. Az is still to me, again, one of the best light heavyweights that there ever was. But yeah, yeah. That's definitely gonna be that matchup that people have to definitely keep their eyes on. But this next one, again, we're talking about hard hitting. This is gonna be a strike fest here as we have the Concrete Dragon himself, another former guest of the podcast, Tristan Ty, taking on the kick demon, Janae Kai. And Pete, you just wanted to see a fight, didn't you, on this card? (laughs) Yeah. This this is going to be just a brawl there. So let's talk about
1: that. Janae is the future. Yeah. Janai is the future, not just of women's wrestling, but just in, in wrestling. Janai yeah. is a future piece of this business. Um, and I am so honored to be able to work with Janai Kai uh, before, and I say this, I say this now, before she is signed to a major company, because yeah. she will be very soon. Uh, oh, one of the I, I don't know anything, but I'm putting it out there in the universe. Janai Kai is going to be signed somewhere very soon. Or people aren't seeing the same talent that I'm seeing hey, each yeah. and every time.
0: Don't say it on the podcast too soon because that's exactly what happened. Funny enough, when me and Isaac promoted one of the VXS shows, the night of when we said that on the podcast, <laughs> Nick Wayne was signed.
1: Yeah. So, and uh, and, and Tristan, Tristan's been there, right? Hmm? Tristan, Tristan's had the contract. Tristan's been on the TV. Tristan's been with the big company, you know. And Tristan's another one of those guys, very underrated, massively underrated. Definitely. Um, but this is going to be a battle. These two are going to kick the ever-living-ish out of each other. No, and this is not going to be someone wins and someone loses. This is going to be someone survives.
0: Yeah, like That's that, what
1: this is going to be.
0: And that's what you want to see again. You want a little bit of everything. You want that big fight feel here. And also, one more thing about Tristan, though. And it's something I brought up when I had him on the podcast. Now that he's free of a contract, again, it's that that cliché saying, though, but there's no strings attached now. The cuffs yeah. are off. Now he's able to Ugh. do what he wants. If I'm Janae Kai, that also means, again, he's going to beat the ish right. out of me this uh, this Sunday. So
1: Yeah, and it, it, that's exactly what's going to happen. And I literally remember saying that. I was just like, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And I'm going to love every moment of it. That's going to be great.
0: Well, let's keep it going here. Let's talk about this matchup as it's going to be a guy that's been killing it. The Super 8 winner, the ECWA Super 8 winner, Darius Carter, going head-to-head with Mysterious Q. Again, that, that showing here, like we talked about earlier, you've brought out some names that, again, might have not just been familiar with the Tri-State state The Tri-State might not have known as much about Mysterious Q, but they definitely started to learn about him, and you're putting him here with Darius Carter. This is going to be great to see.
1: You know, I got to give a lot of credit to Battle Club Pro for being the first company to bring Mysterious Q to the northeast of the Tri-State area. I had known of Mysterious Q, known about him, heard of him, seen some clips here and there but there's nothing like seeing someone lie yeah. for the first time and, and understanding that presence and understanding what they do in the ring and uh, being able to see him for the first time, I was like, this guy is great. And then the fact that I didn't see him booked again in the Northeast for a while. And I was just like, what the heck is going on? This guy should be everywhere. No. Um, and, you know, he is one of the most decorated wrestlers in Texas. Uh, Many people may not know this. He's one of the most decorated wrestlers in Texas. Definitely the most decorated title holder at Reality of Wrestling, Booker T's promotion out in in, in Texas. Um, And this is a man who deserves to definitely be everywhere. And on the last show, Darius Carter faced a fellow Texan in Brian Keith, the bounty hunter. Brian Keith, the man with the black halo. Okay. And Darius is calling himself the king of the territory. Darius has done it all here. He's won championships at every major company. He's won the Super 8. He's done it all. And so now Darius is looking for challenges outside of the tri-state area. And I am more than happy to oblige because I think there's a lot, a lot of great talent that is outside of the tri-state area that definitely can come in here and step into that ring and measure themselves against a man who I think should not be in the New York, New Jersey area. Hate him as you must, as you might. I love Darius Carter as a talent. That man does not belong here. That man belongs on someone's television. That man belongs under contract. That man deserves to be touring the world. And the fact that we are lucky enough to have him here, listen, we're going to make it happen, okay? So anybody, anywhere, any territory, whether it's the Midwest, whether it's the Southwest, whether it's the Southeast, whatever, whether you're, whether you're, you're, you're Isaiah Bronner, whether you're Eli Everfly, whether you're, you know, um, Shane Taylor, whether you're George South, whether you're AC Mack, I don't care where you are in this nation. Okay. Darius Carter believes that he is the king of the territories and definitely the king of this territory. So the we are wrestling door is open because the we are is a true statement. This is not ooh, New York, New Jersey. This is we. Mm-hmm. So come one, come all, because the all father is ready for all the challenges.
0: I like how you bring that up. And again, we know what next weekend is going to entail as well. Maybe someone stays after, after this night and he might be knocking on that door. We'll have to wait and see. Listen.
1: I know there's already someone who's been in a We Are Wrestling ring who has pulled me aside and said, I want me a piece of Shane Taylor. So on the 20th, on that Friday night, I do hope to speak business with Shane Taylor. I can't, you know, guarantee anything, but I would love to see Shane Taylor in a We Are Wrestling ring if we can make that happen. I'd love to see more members of STP in a We Are Wrestling ring if we can make that happen at some point down the road. Uh, As I've said, the doors are open It just all is about, does it fit and does it make sense at that moment?
0: Got you. But speaking about that, let's talk about this now. Another member of STP is going to be in action. And when you told me about this matchup, my (laughs) reaction was just, it was priceless. Because I'm like, oh, this is going to be insane. But let's talk about it here. As you have the big, bad Kaiju himself, O'Shea Edwards going head-to-head with Trish Adora. And again, I know Trish can can hang. Trish is challenging for the ROH Women's Championship next week. And seeing this matchup, I'm like, this is going to be a fight. This is that David and Goliath-style fight here. Because again, like I said, Trish can hang. But going in there with the big, bad Kaiju where did this come from here
1: i don't know what demented corner of my mind this came from i really don't uh and i apologize in admit you're not the only person uh that said this i've had multiple people who when i kind of threw the match i once i had aligned the match up and gotten it official no. i kind of threw the idea and be like hey what do you think of this and literally almost everybody that i've spoken to was like what do you have against trish Why are you trying to kill Trisha Dora? Um, Do you not like Trisha Dora? And I love Trisha Dora. She is absolutely a fantastic talent and an even more fantastic person. And the same thing can be said about O'Shea Edwards, who, to his credit, I'm going to shout him out right now, took up a challenge against the Bayonne badass, Danny Moff, on relatively short notice um, because his tag team partner and friend in uh, federated, John Davis, unfortunately, suffered an injury. Um, and for people who don't know, originally, we had scheduled for John Davis to face Dan in a match that had never happened before. And unfortunately, John suffered an injury, couldn't happen. And I hit up O'Shea, and I said, man, listen, can you do this? And it was the night before final battle. And I fully expected O'Shea to be like, brother, I'd love to, but final battle's the next night. I got to be 100%. I got to be, you know, on, on top. It might be the last ROH pay-per-view. I want to give it everything. And I would have respected that 100%. But O'Shea said, let's effing go. Let's do it. Uh, and he stepped in there in what was an absolute freaking war with Dan Moth and it was all a dream.
0: The clips out of that. The door. The, again, putting this together now. Knowing what right. happened there, right. again, said the reason I reacted that way, because again, on paper, this is what the hell did Trisha Dora do to you? But <laughs> knowing the caliber of a talent that Trisha Dora is, this is going to be a banger of a match. Because yeah, she will hang there with us. A-
1: Trisha Dora was in the main event of our first show. So this is... And I didn't realize this at first. This is our first two main events colliding. No. Main event of wannabe starting something. Trisha Dora versus Darius Carter for the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship. There you go. Okay. Um, main event of show two, it was all a dream. Dan Moth and O'Shea Edwards. And now we have O'Shea Edwards and Trisha Dora colliding. No title on the line here. Nothing but bragging rights on the line. You know, and for those of you who did not see that dora Darius Carter match, that was one hell of a match as well. It yeah. wasn't the battle and brutality that O'Shea and Moth was, but it was a battle in its own, in its own right. I think it's gonna be a very interesting matchup. I think a lot of people are going into it expecting for Trish to kind of get run over and you know, Trish to kind of have to hold her own. I think a lot of people are looking at Trish as the David to O'Shea's Goliath. And I would ask people to maybe temper that expectation because I think Trisha Dora has every opportunity to be just as much of a Goliath as they think O'Shea's Oh, No,
0: definitely. Be. Definitely. And again, that's why I say it's definitely going to be a banger of a match. You're going to see a lot of, again, she is a great technical wrestler as well. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen on that night. But now, we've, we've gotten to it here. It's time to talk about a matchup. Again, you're wearing his shirt. He's going to be doing the seminar that day. It is. I am nothing a- but a
1: shameless promoter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to do it, man. But here we go. It's going to be Jay Lethal taking on Rob Killjoy. This is going to be a banger here. Again, the history speaks for itself with Jay Lethal, especially in the tri state area. And you have Rob Killjoy who's been making his name, especially nowadays. You're seeing Rob Kiljoy, and I'm so happy for this, getting booked more in the Tri-State. Putting these two together, it's it's going to be insane. How did that come about? Again, I know Jay, being having Jay there, you're going to want to put your best foot forward and put him against the top of your talent there. So how did Rob Kiljoy's name come into play when it comes to the match with Jay Lethal?
1: Everyone expected it to be Jay and Darius Carter.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I did as well.
1: Till you told me
0: otherwise, I was like, "It's got to be (laughs) Darius."
1: When I announced that we had secured Jay Lethal for the show, which um, took me about an hour to process, um, I just knew. I immediately knew it had to be Rob Killjoy. Everyone that I spoke to, everyone said. Darius, Darius, Darius. It's going to be Jay and Darius. It's going to be Jay and Darius. Don't get me wrong. Jay Lethal and Darius Carter would have been an incredible match. And I'll say it here. We are more than open to hosting Jay Lethal again and doing Jay Lethal versus Darius Carter. I have no issue with that. But I also think in absolute. And I think that nothing is guaranteed. And this may just be the last time I'm able to work with Jay Lethal. And me, who had five minutes of a cup of coffee in this business, was able to have a conversation with Jay Lethal back in the, in the day at a company, and I'm going to throw an old company on an FWE. Okay? Um, and was able to have a conversation with Jay Lethal back then. Okay? And Jay Lethal said, hey, man, I, I hope to see more of you. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I want to work with Jay Lethal again. And I never got that chance until now. Um, And so if I never get a chance to work with Jay Lethal again, I want to make sure that I I put together a match that has never been seen before um, and is going to blow people's minds. And I know people may take this the wrong way. And I'm sorry if anybody's offended. I'm sorry if anybody feels any type of way. But I consider Rob Kiljoy to be the ace of We Are Wrestling. I consider Rob Kiljoy to be the ace of We Are Wrestling. I consider him to be one of our top performers. And yes, when I say top performers, I mean Darius Carter, O'Shea Edwards, Trisha Dora, Dan Ma, Rob Killjoy. That list of top performers goes on and on. But when I think about somebody that I know, I could put out there in a singles match. A tag match, a trios match, a four-way, a scramble, doesn't matter. That man's going to go out there and he's going to steal the show every single time. At our first show, at our first show at Be starting something, he faced Anthony Green in what was an absolute banger of a match. And Anthony Green hand-picked Rob Kildred. True story, I'll pull the curtain back. We originally did not have any spot. When Anthony Green contacted me and said, I want to be on the show, I told him straight out, brother, I'd love to have you, but I wish you'd hit me up a month ago because the card's booked. And, you know, we ended up, you know, I ended up having a cancellation. Things changed. He still wanted to be with us. And I said, all right, who do you want to face? Fresh off of NXT, fresh out, who do you want to face? I'll bring somebody in for you to face. And he said, what's Rob Kiljoy doing? And I said, he said, could, could we move that around? And I said, let me see what I can do. He handpicked Rob Kiljoy. was not a gimmick, was not something that we did, and we said, hey, we're picking Rob Kiljoy, want you to go cut a promo box. No, no, no. This was 100% Anthony Green's choice. I want to face Rob Kiljoy. And they went out there and they killed it. Okay? Um, and then Rob Kiljoy had a four-way, against Casey Navarro, one of the best young wrestlers in the world. Smiley, one of the most underrated high flyers, acrobatics, uh, uh, out of nowhere wrestlers that we've ever seen. And Brother Greatness, another underrated tri-state talent. And he went out there and he killed it with those guys. So I knew from the minute we secured Jay Lethal, it had to be Rob Killjoy. It had to be, that had to be the match that had to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a match that people will write about for years to come. And Rob is going to, oh, no disrespect to Jay, Rob's going to push Jay. Rob is going to push Jay to levels that we've seen Jay perform at before, but I don't know if Jay's been pushed to that level for a little while. Okay? Jay's going to need that 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 gear that we've seen at the height of his runs at Ring of Honor. At the height of his runs and impact in TNA, at the height of his time in JAPW, that main event Jay Lethal, we're gonna Rob's gonna push him there. Yeah, and definitely. whether Rob wins, whether Rob wins or loses, Rob's gonna go out giving his absolute all. If you don't know who Rob Killjoy is before this night, you're gonna know who he is after this night, and you're gonna wanna watch everything he's ever done from this point on.
0: Definitely. And this is a matchup when you showed me, and I was like, this. This is going to be a match, people. Again, like you said, we'll be talking about for a long time. Because again, we know what Jay Lethal is. We definitely know about Rob Kiljoy. Yeah. But what fans are going to see on that night, they're going to see why Rob Kiljoy is not like any opponent Jay Lethal's ever faced before. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. And again, that is what this card is showing you. It is stacked for a reason. It has talent That, again, might not have always gotten that shine, but they're going to get it on that Sunday night, and you're going to want to be there for a stacked card. Again, that main event should sell it alone, but you have a card that is going to be with fresh talent from all around, and it's some matches that you're going to be talking about for the rest of the week. But again, with a killer weekend, again, that whole weekend is stacked of great, amazing wrestling. So definitely come that Sunday end then I'm sleeping weekend. in Richfield
1: Park for the weekend. <laughs> I'm sleeping in Richfield Park for the weekend. That's what's happening.
0: Oh man, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a heavy wrestling weekend. I can't wait. But again, Pete is congratulations on this card because this is gonna be a hell of a time. This is gonna be great. Again, guys, links are in the description to still go get your tickets for workers as well. Hit up Pete because you're gonna want to reserve those last few spots. Go train with a high caliber talent like Jay Lethal and learn from the best. I'm
1: going to so, tell you something right now, real quick before we go, the- there are talent that are performing on the show that are booked that hit me up and said, bro, can I take the seminar before the show? Like if you're a young talent, or even if you're a, not a young talent, but you've been in the game for a little while, like that's kind of, blow- they're on the show. And they, and they want to do this seminar. Get out there, 40 bucks, you know, right in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. You're going to get a chance to learn from one of the best. You're going to get to learn, uh, get to learn from a guy who's killed it in Jersey, who's killed it in TNA, who's killed it, you know, in, Impact, uh, in, in Ring of Honor, and who is killing it and going to continue to kill it in, in AEW. Um, and listen, this is your chance to shine. You can't say that there's not opportunities out there You know, I can't guarantee anybody anything, but you've seen it. I've seen it happen in the history of this business. How many times there's a veteran talent that may have come from a company or maybe part of a company and they see somebody that catches their eye and they're just like, yo, all of a sudden they're talking about that person. Okay. And all of a sudden it's like, yo, maybe we should give this person a look. Maybe we should give this person a shot. You and I know that personally because we have people that we've worked with that we know that have worked with main event contracted talent that that contracted talent then went back to their company and said, yo, stop what you're doing. Check that person out. I'm not saying that's going to happen and I'm not guaranteeing a damn thing to anybody,
0: but wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something again? Shows perfectly there. It's titled perfectly because again, put yourself one step closer. There you go. Again, guys, links are in the description down below as well. But definitely go follow we are wrestling on Instagram right there. We are wrestling one. Go follow them on Twitter, wrestling underscore we. Go follow Pete as well. Go follow the boss man himself. There's his Instagram. Go follow his Twitter again. Pete, this has been a great conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on. But before I let you go, I have to ask the last question because, again, you've seen how this podcast go. So I have to ask, what is the end goal? Be it for you, be it for We Are Wrestling, whichever you choose, what's the end goal, brother? The
1: end goal, and I've said this to multiple people, the end goal truly is whether it's one person, whether it's 20 people, if I can get someone who is either in this area, out of this area, and known in other places, or I can get people from other places known in this area. Um, that's the goal. I want for people to know who the talent is everywhere. When I when I named this company, We Are Wrestling, I meant that this is truly a collaborative thing. I have no issues working with other companies. I have no issues put uh, bringing talent from New York and New Jersey and the tri-state area to other states or or making it so making those connections at the end of the day my goal is to create a company where talent wants to work where fans love to be at and where honestly you're not seeing the same talent all the time I don't want to be working with somebody for three years and not because I don't want to work with them but because I believe they should be getting out and getting bigger opportunities and going to different places and if I can provide a platform and we are wrestling for our people to do that that's that's what my goal is. I don't care if I never make a dime out of this. Cross my fingers I do. But uh, I don't care if I never make a dime out of this. No. Yeah. At the end of the day, if 10, 15, 20 years down the line someone says, "You know what?" Pete gave me a shot at We Are Wrestling and that led to this. Or Pete gave me a shot here and opened the door for me there and got me here, uh, whether it was another territory and that led to me getting somewhere else. Or Pete gave me a chance against an opponent that opened the door for me somewhere else. That's all that matters to me. That is honestly all that matters to me. And that's what I want to do this for.
0: There you go. That's that's awesome right there, brother. And here we go. Last comment I'm going to read here. Hey, the good partner there, Alphonse Stevens saying two of my favorites in the biz at the commentary desk. So that needs to happen too one day. All three of us have to be in that booth one day to get to call some action. I'm that with it. I'm with it.
1: will be it'll be me at the commentary desk this uh, next Sunday at We Are Wrestling. It'll be myself, Alphonse Stevens, and Sam Laterna, who unfortunately had to miss our second show, but coming back for the third show, the trio there at We Are Wrestling. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again as much as I love doing commentary and as much as I love being behind that desk, I want to walk away from that desk in pure Arn Anderson style. And I want Alphonse Stevens to take my spot. I want there to be a time at we are wrestling where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to call my own ish anymore. You take it. You take the reins. I'm going to go backstage, I'm going to go enjoy the show. I'm going to go call commentary at some other companies. I want you to do it here. Um, But listen, I I get the chance to work with uh, two of the best uh, in in Alphonse and Sam. I've gotten a chance to work with Cheyenne. I've gotten a chance to work with Dave Sturchio. I've gotten a chance to work with with David Adams. I've gotten a chance to work with so many great talents, and there's so many other great commentators that I can't wait to work with. I got to get on the commentary desk with you one day. Um, I've gotten to work with Rob Williams at basketball, but didn't actually, this will be the first time I get to call commentary with Rob Williams, actual wrestling commentary at TakeOver vs. STP. Um, It's gonna be great, but that's, that's, you know, I told Alphonse the day of my second show, I said it on commentary and I'll say it again. Alphonse Stevens, if I'm ever running a wrestling company, Alphonse Stevens will be doing commentary until the day he can't talk anymore and he can't do commentary. He will be at my desk at any company I run, wherever I'm at.
0: There you go. Again, Pete, thank you so much for coming on. Again, guys, go make your way next Sunday one step closer. We are wrestling, putting on a hell of a show. You're going to want to be there. And again, guys, as always, don't forget to be wise, be genuine, be real, be better people, and as always, respect the craft. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.